So we began with talking about the fact that our, uh, the first spiritual responsibility that every child of God has is to study the word of God. Study, meditate on the word of God. Read the Bible. Read it. Read it with a view to doing what is written on it or in it. Praise the Lord. Um, we have been given grace to do the word. We need to preach this gospel the right way. We have been given grace to do God's will. God will be wrong if he told us to do something we couldn't do. And also, he gives us room to be able to come to him if we find difficulty with anything that he asks us to do. We come to the throne of grace to obtain what? Mercy and find grace in time of need. Because he didn't, God didn't just give us principles to operate on or with and then abdicate. He just went away and says, okay, um, whatever happens to you is fine. No. Sometimes when we don't get it right, we go to God. We fall before him. We cry. We say, we don't know what's going on here. What, are, what is going on? Well, one thing is don't charge God with foolishness regardless of what's happening. Don't blame God regardless of what is happening. Instead of blaming him, ask a question like this. What is going on? I know that you're a good God. I know that you're perfect. Now, something is wrong on my side, but I don't know what it is. Can you show it to me? Every Christian must make up their minds that murmuring against God is not the way to go. And that would be the wrong way to go. I'm just saying he's here to help. God is helping us. Hallelujah. God is our helper. He's the one who's trying to push us forward. He's the one trying to bless us. He's the one trying to make sure that we're not troubled. Amen. You know, God does not want you troubled or frightened or afraid and all of those things. God does not want any child of his in depression. If any child of God finds themselves in a place where they're depressed or in, um, or in a pity party or whatever, know that you're having a conversation with the devil. God has nothing to do with it. Praise the Lord. He's not trying to teach you anything. The devil is trying to destroy. That's what's happening. Whenever you find yourself in a place where you're feeling sorry for yourself, the devil is at work. You've just listened to radio devil. Hallelujah. So one of the reasons why we say to read the word of God is that that is radio heaven. You get attuned to hearing from God. God loves us. We are his children. He cares about us. Amen. God cares about us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So we must study the word of God. That is how we get to know the will of God. Hallelujah. We know what God is saying to us per time. We know what is of God and what is not of God when we study the word of God. 
Number two, the second responsibility is that we keep the word. It's our, it's our duty to keep the word, to walk the word. To get the word to work for us, we must keep it, retain it. Hallelujah. We must retain it. We must keep it and cause it to bring forth fruit. You know, when people go to school, they learn things that they are to apply when they leave school. Like you went to medical school. You study during your medical school and all of that. But the important thing is not just that you read to pass your exams. You retain the knowledge so that you can apply it when you're handling patients out there. Praise the Lord Jesus. Number three. We live by faith. We don't live by how we feel. We live by faith. We don't live by what we see. We live by faith. Now, there's, there's wisdom there. You know, if you see an 18-wheeler coming, don't cross the road. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when we say we live by faith, not by sight, does not mean you see an 18-wheeler coming, it's not there, it's not there, you cross. Well, <laughs> that wouldn't be good. God did not give us a foolish mind. He gave us the mind of Christ. Amen. So we're supposed to fight the fight of faith. We're not just supposed to accept anything that comes our way. God did not create us to become punching bags for the devil and his cohorts. We're supposed to be able to resist the devil. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore unto God and resist the devil. When sickness comes, anything that is not of God, we are required to resist it. When depression comes, resist the devil. What does it mean to submit yourself to God? It means to uh, accept that God's position or opinion as stated in his word is true. Accept it. So I've accepted what God is saying to me. All right, there's trouble out there, things are happening. Uh, you know, the person just, maybe, God forbid, the person lost their job. You know, and it's Sunday, you know, I can't go to church today. You know, I just lost my job, you know, and all of that. No, you're not submitting to God. You're not submitting to the devil. What should you do? The word says, do not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some is. God takes care of our business. We're supposed to submit to him. If something is wrong, submit to God. If you're sick, come to church. People don't die in church. Except they wanted to die in church. And here, you will not die in church. If you try it, we'll raise you from the dead. It's where you get home. <laughs> People don't die in church. Submit yourself to the will of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So it's a fight of faith. Amen. When, when they tell you it's over, it's not over until you agree with the devil. Oh, you're wiped out. Your finances are over. There's nothing. You're not going to come out of it. <laughs> That's a good time to start building. And you're under pressure. Pile a counter pressure. Against the devil. We're going to come to that. Amen. So Levi is a walk of faith. God is not in a realm where we can see him. So it's a walk of faith. Amen. 
And in Habakkuk 2 verse 4, it says that the just shall live by faith. Amen. We walk this walk by trusting, by believing God. We don't walk the Christian walk by not believing God. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't say, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, that is not true. You know, I know it's written in the word of God, but it's not really walking in the real life. No, we, you don't, you're not a Christian by not believing God. We are believers. That's what we're called, believers. Whoever heard about a believer that does not believe? We're believers. Amen? So, number four. That brings us to number four today. You need to develop and maintain a prayer life. It is our responsibility to develop and maintain a prayer life. I'm supposed to have a prayer life with God. I'm supposed to be communing with God on a daily basis. In fact, you have the opportunity to commune with God through the day as you're going along. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Remember that God is on the inside walking in our lives. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, it is God that walketh in you and I, both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. And the Bible talks about the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in us who believe. So God is at work in you and I. When we're praying, God is, his presence in us is activated. Amen. It means we're not neglecting him the fountain of living water that is in us. He is the God of the universe. He dwells in us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. He's in the believer. Our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So he's with us. We're supposed to commune with God. That includes both praying in tongues and praying with our understanding. Prayer is one of the greatest demonstrations of humility before God because it shows that we're depending on him, not on ourselves because we're calling on a greater person to help us in a situation and he continues to supply the grace we need to live our Christian lives. When there's trouble, I pray. I pray until trouble is troubled and he disappears from my environment. I'm a warrior. I'm ready to pray. Regardless of what it is, the enemy can't fire pressure without me piling counter pressure on him. There is nothing in this world that prayer cannot solve. There is no amount of trouble that is bigger than God. Let's even say you slept here and by some strange means, somebody kidnapped you and took you to North Korea. You can pray yourself out of that place. In fact, by the time you come out, the government will be gone. <laughs> you know what? You, you, do you know who we are? <laughs> Something will happen. 
God will just start taking things. You know, you, do, do you know that Jesus made a statement. He said, a greater than the ark is here. That same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. So he will fight his way back. When, when, when the Philistines took the ark of the covenant, they took the ark and put it in, in the temple of Dagon. What happened? The idol fell. The big giant idol, it fell. And broke his hands the first time. They said, no, you know, maybe a wind came in through somewhere and blew it down. So they propped it up, you know, used some stuff to patch up the hand and put it back. By the time they came back the next day, the neck and every part of it was broken, so they couldn't put it back. After that, God began to deal with the people. <laughs> they said, the hand of the God of Israel is, is strong upon us and our gods. Can you imagine? That means we're punishing them and their gods. A greater than the ark dwells in you and I. So there's no way you can find yourself there. All that will happen, even when tears are in your eyes, let the word of God be in your mouth, and you pray, and you pray, you will get out of there. Hallelujah. There was something uh, that Isaac said to Esau. You know, after that, Jacob came and took Esau's blessing. Praise the Lord Jesus. And Esau was asking his father, Father, do you not have any blessing remaining for me? Don't you have? Can we go to uh, Genesis chapter 27? I think you should go to 39. And Isaac, his father, answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be in the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live, and thou shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass that thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. Now, can you put the amplified version of this? We're looking at a man who has been disadvantaged, totally disadvantaged. He's disadvantaged. Praise God. He says, by your sword ye shall live and save your brother. He said, but the time shall come when you will grow restive and break loose and you shall tear his yoke from off your neck. The Bible says that the yoke shall be destroyed and the burden lifted because of what? The anointing. He said, with stammering lips, amen, and other tongues, will I speak to these people. He said, this is the rest wherewith you will cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Hallelujah. When he was talking about praying in other tongues, amen. So, when we are in a situation where it seems like the child of God we are never disadvantaged. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. Amen. So, and the spirit helps our infirmities. He comes to us to bear us up in a situation. 
and we're praying. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Somebody finds himself in the middle of the desert. He does not know what to do. How do I go about this thing? What's going on in my life? You're not just doing the battle. You begin to take the burden of prayer in your spirit. You carry the burden. Forget about people. Shut the door. Stop running around going from one shrink to the other. Pray in the spirit until the Bible says in the book of Genesis how that the spirit of God moved, hallelujah, Genesis chapter 1. From verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This word move here, all right, includes to, it means he was shaking and trembling. He was restive, like somebody who is restless. Then God began to create things. He began to reorder things. Hallelujah. So no matter how bad the thing is, maybe in somebody's family, things are just not going right, you know. Where's Uncle, Uncle, Uncle uh, Jonathan? He's in jail. Where's Uncle, the other person? He's in jail. The other one is strong about drugs. Something else is going on somewhere and all of that. You know what you should do? Begin to grow restive. Begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. You pray in the spirit. The reason I advise that you pray in the spirit is that it's for this particular reason. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit, I don't want to use itself, itself, himself, because that's who he is, amen? Make it intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So when these situations come up and we begin to pray, we begin to pray, we begin to pray, bow the knee, you pray, you sit, you pray, you stand, you pray. When there's a problem and you're praying, things go, start spinning the situation around. Prayer invites God into our situation. And when we don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost knows everything and is a master strategist. It will cause one thing to go to the other. If you don't pray, you can't see. You see, the believer has a sight that this world does not know anything about. The believer has a sight in the Holy Ghost. When there is big trouble, big prayer, just start praying. Just pray up a storm. When the enemy tries to throw the kitchen sink at you, by the time you're done, he'll be on the run. God is real. The angels are real. And you're real. 
The circumstance that trouble you don't have a foundation. You have. You know why we say it doesn't have a foundation? It's not built in God. You met it here. And whatever you see is temporal. If you're willing to pray. The Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than ye all. And look at him, he did more work than everybody else. Every minister of the gospel who has done something phenomenal has been a person of prayer. Find out all the ministries around the world where you have miracles. The people of prayer.